Yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. Hey, right. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. good, Jamal? What's good, Mr. Sinister? This is episode 106 of the Carrying the Culture Show. Mr. Sinister, legendary executionist, X-Men. It's your boy, Jamal, Carrying the Culture right here. And um, I'm pumped about this show, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Thank you for joining us, man. I feel oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, nah, so let's let's get it in, man. I'm really excited about this. Everybody, um, if you have questions, please use the questions feature below. It has a question mark. That way I can look at it, pull it up, and then you can all see it. Um, so, yeah, man, I just want to say, again, thank you for joining us. You know, legendary DJ, if you don't know, you you, sh then I, you can't really say you, you fuck with this shit. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if you, if you don't know. <laughs> X-Men, Rob Swift, we did have Rob on. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace. Grandmaster DJ Rock Raider. Man, you know, rest in peace. You know, so um, been doing it for a minute. You know what I mean? Killing it on, on the table. So we're going to get into it. And, and it's great because for us, since we are carrying the culture, it's bigger than just the rap. You know what I mean? It's about all of that. That's what makes the culture, right? So, um, so we had Rob on. Um, about a couple of months ago, but the conversation was actually about this whole Latino black thing and hip hop, and so yeah, yeah, I see, I see it, yeah. <laughs> fuck DJ shit. So I, I mean, so for you, um, this is gonna be fun for me. But so I, I need to get into the beginnings, man. I, I don't, you know, like yeah. where, like for you, where did the bugs start? I mean, I from your bio, it said that you, um, your, your pops was spinning breaks or something. But let's take us there. Oh yeah, yeah. So. I got basically got started early, man. You know, my father was a DJ in the 1970s. He DJed in spots like the Dance Interior and all these clubs in the city that was popping at the moment. You know, back then the thing was mixing. So at that time, you know, my father had a turntable set up. And the funny thing is, I was a little kid. I used to get up on the, on the chair and I used to put the equipment on and I used to always shut the music on and just blast it and just, just be whole surface of music. And he'd come down and be like, what are you doing? So at one point he got smart and he started hiding the needles from me. And I had he had these turntables, I think they were like B100, so he took the needles off, he hit them and stuff like that. And you know, I think he noticed that I wanted to learn. So he, at, a, at a small age, he used to put me up on a chair and he used to have me just like DJing, like just like emulating the turntables and stuff. So that's basically where that started for me. Um, literally like How old were four you? to five years old. I was like five years old at the time, you know? And I got pictures actually. Um, I'm actually about to post them like at some point where they, my mom had bought me like a little portable turntable. If anybody remembers those little portable turntables back in the days, they, they were like little needle sets and stuff like that. But I had a little one and I have, actually have a picture of me holding one. So that's when I got started. I got started like that. And um, that was my beginnings. Yeah. Right, right there at home, like right in the crib. <laughs> right there I, in the crib. <laughs> right there in the crib. So then, um, so it was easy. I mean, the bug was it was it was it's been in you since since day one, pretty much. So uh, yes. we had we had our homegirl DJ Sapphire on recently. Uh -huh. She's super dope, and um, yes. she was telling us that she didn't. Nobody taught her anything. She she yeah. up, didn't have a mentor. But then I was reading on your bio about. Um, uh, Dr. Butcher. So tell us about like just terms of that influence right there. Oh yeah. So you know, as as growing up, I you know just from that I took it there, and of course I started listening to the radio because anybody in New York that knew like back then I'm gonna really bring it back. Like back then um, on Kiss FM, it was always three DJs. It was a Red Alert one week, it was Chuck Chill Out one week, and then next week we had the Lat Rascals. If anybody. Uh, from New York is way knows that from way back. They knew the Latin rappers was there, so I was listening to all of that stuff. Uh, I was recording tapes so Red Alert. I, I faithfully caught Red Alert and Chuck Schiller every week. I was going back and forth to WBLS, then it was WHBI. I was going back to all these stations and just listening and just acquiring all this knowledge. And, and at that time, I didn't even know about competitions and DJ seminars. So <clears throat> um, as I went on, I was practicing myself and. I got into the house era, I started mixing house, and I started cutting and stuff, and I just thought I was the best at this time. I was like, yo, man, nobody can take me. Nobody can take me out, I'm really good. So my boy Eddie came to the crib one day, uh, and he was like, yo, man, 
um, you got to go to this guy, Drew's house, man, Dr. Butcher, man. He's crazy, man. Yo, I, w I was in his crib, and he was doing some stuff that was crazy. And I'm like, you know, at that time, I'm like, man, ain't nobody can beat me, man. This guy, he's not good. So he was like, yo, I'm telling you, Joe, you got to go over there. So he brought me over there. I ended up going. And I went over there with his attitude, like, yo, man, I'm just going to take this dude out. Uh, he can't be that ill. So when was I go over there. Yeah. When was this? This was, uh, let me get the year right. It was like 19, uh, maybe 1999, maybe? 19. Oh, this was, late. this was later. This is, this is later. Yeah, I would say this is, this is way later. Oh, so okay. actually, it was about 1998, maybe, I would like to say. All right, so we're going to oh. we're gonna go back because I didn't know this was so much. Yeah, I, I skipped a whole bunch. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I go over there. And I go over there with this attitude, like, whatever. So Jew, you know, Dr. Butcher Jew, he's a calm, mellow dude. He's like, yeah, um, he was real easy. So we're both sitting there, you know, and he's like, well, you know, do you want to get on? And I'm like, no, you go first. And he's like, no, you go first. So we went back and forth. So anyway, he was like, okay, I'll go first. So anyway, to make a long story short, when he ended up getting on, it was just like, I didn't want to get on, dude. It's just, I seen this guy, I was like, oh, forget it. Yeah, it was just like right there. Like, after he stopped, I was like, Wow, like there, there was this, I was just frozen, you know, and it turned from me like just being this cocky dude to like, yo, I mean, can I, can I practice with you? Can you teach me some things? Yeah. So that, that's what it's turned into uh, for me. And then, um, so that's where I met Dr. Butcher and um, he actually took me under his wing and he actually told me that I could come to his house to practice. He was always an open guy. And then he was like, yeah, you know, I also trained with another guy that comes over here, which was Rob. Swift, big shouts to him. And that's how I met with Rob, with Rob, because he was actually going over to Drew's house as well and learning from Drew as well. And Drew was training him for the DMC at that time. So uh, he actually was going over there. So that's how that that's how that came about. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna back it up and go we're gonna go back to all right, you, you little sinister running around now. <laughs> you got and and then like let's take us to like the beginnings of the, like the Fucking crazy wild, you know, cutting and stuff, man. In the oh, the crazy wild tricks and cutting. Yeah, where <laughs> did that come into play from? You know, you, you know, just starting out with your pops and stuff. Um, well, I was I was basically just mixing house. I was just mixing at that time. I was always cutting, but I was just basically doing basic throw-ins back and forth until uh, the incident with Drew and I started to go to uh, Rob's house. And going yeah. to Rob's house. And at that time, yeah. you were, up in the like mid nineties, you were just you were doing. Yeah, I wasn't. Well, I wasn't even exposed to none of that stuff. Um, uh, actually, yeah. So Seeing, yeah. I know. So it's a, just a disclaimer. Like, this is why this is dope for me. I I know you as. And then was <laughs> when I was. That's, that's all I could do. So then. <laughs> <laughs> just just this stuff. <laughs> Get some shit, man, for real, so. <laughs> so, I know you from that institution, mm. as I, you know, what I'm saying, and and then when I was like trying to research for the, for this build, I was like, oh wow, like and I heard other stuff and spinning stuff, and then Sapphire, you know, Sapphire hit me up with the Jean Grey thing, and I'm like, damn, okay, I didn't even know that there was like a whole nother, you know, sector to that to that. Yes. So let, let's talk about that because I'm a huge house set. You keep saying house, I'm like, oh, word. So like, that's what uh. you were doing first then. Yeah, no, I was actually doing hip-hop first, and then I took a break from that, and I got introduced to this other kid that got me into the house era. This is when the freestyle era was out, and uh, the house era was really coming in. So I, I took a break from hip-hop and got into that, um, and just started mixing house. So that's where my knowledge of the house music and the, and the club era comes along. Um, and then I went back to the hip-hop. I went back, and I started DJing the hip-hop again. And um, being with, with Robin, I started uh, watching... Uh, DMC competitions, uh, seminars, which we call them. Um, and, you know, at that time, we all had tapes of it. Uh, Rob had tapes. Jew had tapes. Uh, and that's when I started getting exposed to watching these DJs. Like, uh, um, it was Cash Money, you had Miz, uh, DJ Scratch. Uh, all these guys were in competitions. And I'm starting to see these guys in competitions doing all these crazy stuff. And I'm like, that was the first time I was exposed to that type of stuff. And I'm like, wow, you guys are just really rocking. So that seeing that just kind of changed my whole outlook on DJ. And I'm like, wow, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to do that. That's what I want to do, you know? So that's where that came from. 
Okay. Um, uh, and then that came from that, and at the same time, Rob Butcher was, was doing that, right? Huh? Dr. Butcher was doing that, right? He wasn't in competitions. This is the funny part. Drew was never in competitions. He was, but he was he yeah. Drew was an ill scratcher and he was doing okay. he wasn't really doing physical tricks, but he was like a really ill scratcher and really fast with the backspins. Right, right. Um, but he put us on to like Steve D, you know, which I'll get into later. He's the one that put us on to that. And he was like, yo, look at this guy, you know. This guy's doing these this these beat juggling stuff and whatever like that. So he actually put us he's the one that put us on to all of that stuff. As far as the videos and like watching the new guys do the, the stuff, like like all the beat juggling and tricks and all that stuff like that, you know. Okay. All right. All right. Now I got I got you. That that frames it all. So beginning of so X Men hadn't started yet, as far as when or had they already started? The X Men, the X Men, the X Men were already uh they were already there, but oh, we 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 weren't down with them at the time. Okay. Yeah. You know, so the X Men were already they were uptown at that time. It was a uh, Steve D, it was uh, uh, DMD, uh, it was Johnny Cash, Sean C, Raider, Raider. Uh, and um, who else? Um, wow, Scoop was actually down with the X Men as well. So it was them. It was their little click up town. We were just at this point, we were just watching them uh, yeah. on videotape. So this is the first time that I was exposed to them, and Rob and Drew were showing uh, showing me these guys like, yo, these are these guys and whatever like that. So that's how they were already there. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then they just they just took you on that wing and you start I can keep I can keep going. I don't want to stop it. Okay, so yeah. Flowing. Yeah, so Rob actually was joining the nineteen he joined the nineteen ninety-one DMC. He joined that. I might have skipped some years up, but he joined the nineteen ninety-one DMC and he actually placed second in that uh competition, which he should have won. And Rob was frustrated, so I think he had actually they gave him like a prize and some needles, and he actually threw them into the crowd because he was really frustrated. Um, and Steve was at that DMC at that time. So Steve actually walked up to Rob and gave him props, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Yo, you did well. You know, don't worry about it. It's how these things go. You already know how they go. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. So when Rob started talking to Steve, Rob started to get a relationship with um, these guys. And he started going uptown to where these guys were practicing. Um, I wasn't even going up at that time, but Rob was going up and he was practicing these guys, you know, because at that time, uh, the X-Men were like practicing each other. They were uptown, they, 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 we would have fun battles, they would time each other. That's they were so good in competition. So Rob started to get close to these guys. And when I saw that, I was kind of like, at this point, I was just in my mode of starting to practice my scratching and starting to practice my patterns and, and all this kind of stuff like that. So Rob actually brought me uptown one day um, and he was like, well, I'm going to bring you uptown with me so you can go meet these guys and stuff. And, you know, but these guys battle and, you know, and I had my routines. I, was, I remember being really nervous when I went up there, like, wow, like, I, you know, I hope my routines are good. So I went up and I started practicing with them and got cool with them and stuff like that and started getting to the ciphers. And, of course, my routines weren't nearly as good as theirs. And I was like, damn, you know, it's crazy. So it made me go back home and just start practicing, just practicing and practicing just to get good to get really good. Um, and I started practicing and just started working my crap. And I remember I used to call Rob every day, like, yo, Rob, how's this sound? How's this sound? I would bother him, like, literally bother him. Like, how's it sound? How's it sound? He'd be like, yeah, it sounds good. It sounds good. You know, you just got to get a little bit more. I hang up bed. I'd go back more. I mean, literally at that time, I'd be practicing, like, eight, nine hours a day nonstop. So just to eat, I would stop. But it would be just constant practicing. And... Uh, Rob joined the 1992 uh, DMC, and he actually won that one. If you guys see that, you'll see me standing on stage passing the records because um, I was going to Rob's house helping him time for that DMC, and you'll see me on the stage standing with him. So this is at my point where I started to really, really practice and really try to get my uh, my, my crap down pat. And I told myself after seeing Rob win that, I was like, look, I I, I definitely, definitely want to be here and join. And uh, I ended up joining the 1993 seminar, which was my first seminar, and that's where all that crazy stuff came from. The 99, okay, so 1993 was your first, your first, uh, your first thing right there. First, it, first seminar. Yeah, so it's it's kind of crazy how you're describing that, like, you know, like you're practicing and stuff, asking if it was good enough, because it's like it being Wednesday. That's kind of how like Master Killer 
got in to the squad. At the, yes. At the end. It was yeah. like, you know what I mean? Because he, he was like, oh, he sharpened his pen. He was like, all right, now. Got to sharpen the swords. <laughs> yeah, so it's, that's, that's dope. Yo, so um, me being a, I'm an outsider. This DJing was like the one thing that couldn't get into just based on the bread. And, and, uh, <laughs> and you know what I mean? But it was one element I could technically get into, but I still love it, respect it. It's the foundation of our culture and it's very important. So take me into like the whole like science behind developing a routine or something. Like, how's that work? Like as far as like figuring it out, what you're what you're gonna do? How it, uh, good good question, good question. Yeah, without like giving away secrets and I understand all that stuff. No, that's fine. It's it's okay. I'll, I'll give away some jewels and gems. It's all right for you guys out there. So for me, coming up with a routine is basically this for me. Um, the first choice for me is a record selection. Um, noticing that a lot of DJs that are real ill and seeing them back in the days is like. They might have been doing like a, a crazy routine, but the record that the records that they were using, nobody knew. So it's kind of like I looked at this and I'm like, because I, 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 I had watched mad competitions and seen that sometimes guys are doing crazy patterns, but the record wasn't recognizable. They were using a record that wasn't really big or it's people didn't really know. So my first step of, of, of making my routines, which um, I always did, was the record selection. I, I, I normally took a record that was popping something that was a hip-hop classic, something that as soon as you threw on, people knew. Like, right away, instantly, when you threw it on, they already know the record. So they already, yeah, you know, they already like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, kind of like took it to like the party element of it, like how a, a, a party DJ would play a record and it'd get the crowd hyped. So I would use records like that because I knew if I used records like that, then whatever I started doing with it, they would automatically know if I'm changing it up. They'd be like, oh, wow, look what he's doing in this. They already know how to record sound. So that was my first step of, of, of coming up with a routine. Um, the second step would be to pattern it. So I would start and, and I would have a starting point, make it go fast, and then do some patterns maybe uh, fast on that point. Then I would start slowing it down. So how I would do that is to pattern it by bars. Like all my routines are patterned by bars. So I, basically, I'm doing what a machine does, but just manually. You know, long as it sounds on beat and it goes, I, I, I usually do it. And every time I do a pattern, I try to change the next section of the bar to make it exciting. It's like building everybody up for the kill shot. So you have a starting point, then you have a, 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 a build in, then you're going in, then you're going to the outro, which is the climax of the routine, which... After the bars go, as long as everything's sounding good on beat, the last point, everything for me changes. So that's how I pattern my routines. I just go from a start point, and I constantly kind of try to keep changing, uh, changing the sound. So people, when people hear that one sound, they not get they get tired of that. It's like, oh shit, he's doing something else now. Then it's like, oh shit, he's doing something else. It's kind of like a machine. Like you hear the beat, and you hear it come in, you hear the bass line, then you hear a horn. Then you hear another change in the beat. It's the same way I pattern my routines. It's just to keep changing every time I do it to reach up to a climax point. Yeah, good intel. Listen, all you DJs on here, that, that was some jewels for your ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, basically, start your shit out. That's very important, man. So, like, picking the records because I've, you're right. Like, unless if you pick some really obscure shit. Yes. Then, you know, but, like, if you pick some popular stuff, you're going to have the crowd... From <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's kind of like a party DJ. Party DJ got to play records, you know, because it'll make the club jump. That's the same way you do with routines. That's how that's how I always looked at it with my routines, you know. Right. So, um, what do you like better? I mean, like, as far as DJing goes, is there, you know, there's so many different aspects. And what, like, what do you like to do the most? Ah, uh, man, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, I. For, for my years of doing this, I, I love tricks. Of course, I'm a little older now. I can still do them if I have to, but let me tell you, like right now, doing tricks, if you see me doing them, I might not look like it, but should I got to take two Advils before I do all these tricks? <laughs> so it's kind of like um, I love the party aspect now. Like I've been getting more into the mixing aspect. I always was uh, a mixer, but, you know, I like just mixing. I like playing now. I, and I like playing out a little bit more. I like mixing with the turntables a little bit more. It's like, I love the fact of blending. And that's what happened actually when I, 
uh, started coming to Boston with your, with your girl, with Sapphire, with my own girl. Like, you know, um, just being around her, like, it just hearing how she blends, like, it's just like, wow, I just want to keep blending because the way she blends is like, and I'm like, wow, you know what? I just want to blend, man. And just that feeling of blending is so dope. It's, it's like none other. Even if you're mixing and you're scratching and you're doing all this technical stuff, you know, just if something about that feeling of blending and just creating music and just uh, blending two songs together and just making music. You know what I'm saying? Because the DJ actually started with 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 mixing. I think a lot of people you know, all before that that uh technical stuff came along for all that wiki wiki and stuff like that and whatever. It was the DJ was it was it was based on the selection that this, that they played and mixing. This cocky. Like you're exactly, <laughs> you know, it, it was based on that. So yeah, so I, I love I love mixing. I love I enjoy mixing a little bit more now than I do doing all this fancy trick work and stuff. Maybe because I've been doing it for years, you know, and doing the same thing with it for years. So no, I'm glad that you touched on that because you know, for me, like I, I love the tricks. I mean, I think it's dope and it's it's it's, but. It's it's like there's the essence of to me of a DJ is again the disc jockey so they're playing play good playing good music I want to hear good I want to get music so all the time <laughs> it's, it's like b boying like if you can do all the power moves that's great but like you gotta have the you gotta have the up rocking and top rocking but so I want to hear like you can do all the tricks but it's like can you can you just play a can you play a party for me can you can you get the crowd jumping Thank you. I'm glad that you said that tomorrow because honestly, and just to say this, I've been to a lot, just to say, I've been to a lot of parties where you got these top DJs that can do all these tricks, but they're like the club owner's not bringing them back. Like, honestly, like they're not, they're not kind of, because they don't know how to play parties. So just because that, just because you're like an ill trick DJ and you can do all these crazy, incredible two click flares and you can backspin, doesn't mean you're going to be able to rock a party. And I see a lot of DJs, that, DJs like that to me. A real DJ is a DJ that knows how to rock a party, even if they don't do none of them tricks. I respect a DJ more if they know how to kill a party and based on their party, their music selection, and how to rock a party. Of course. <laughs> you know? Well, thank you for clarifying that because that's a foundation. Yeah, do you think I've seen this? Because I came in as a b boy, so I would always have a relationship. Oh, you're a b boy? I didn't even know that. That's what's up. Respect. I came into this. So nice. I mean, the, the the rap stuff kind of came, you know, later. But the the yeah, it's my my heart is with with the dance. So, um, so again, there's a relationship with the DJ there, right? So when I'm out, I've seen DJs get tunnel vision, like oh yeah, <laughs> they're playing their own music that they just want to hear, or if they're just doing tricks, and it's like the DJ. You are <laughs> I hate that shit. I'll be honest, with you. yo. I, it's like yo, it's like man. I did a, a party and um, I was in um, Germany one time and, and I was in Munich and this the motor booked me for this big spot. And it was, you know, this spot held at least 800 people. It was a party club, as you know. Uh, and, and it was something where the people wanted to hear like commercial music and whatever like that. So I get, I get to this party and the DJ that they had before me, he was playing this. When I got in there, like the whole club was just silent. It was, everybody was standing around and he was just up there playing his own music. Like you said, he was playing some German hip-hop, some underground stuff. And he's, yeah, he's, he's there just going like this. So I get on, and, you know, I guess at that time, one of my first records starting out was Missy. Um, Is it worth it? Hey, work it. The thing that I'm flipping in a bird. So when I threw that on, everybody was like, they just started going and dancing because I, I brought the commercial element to it. So as I'm playing, the whole club is dancing. And right in front of me is these two kids. You know, you always got your underground kids, no disrespect to them, but you always got your underground kids in there that don't like commercial music. Music. So he's there in the front, and a whole bunch of girls are dancing around him. And they're just standing there looking at me because I was playing, um, I think, Jenny from the Block. So everybody's dancing, and they're just standing there looking at me like, and I'm like, like they're looking at me, and the girl, everybody's dancing around him. So I'm looking at them like, I'm pointing at the club, the people around, like this girl's dancing around you. Like, dude, I'm not playing for you. Like, I'm not sitting here playing no underground stuff for you. Like, so this is, you always got your underground people at the club, so people that just come or they just want to play music for themselves or they want to sit there and rock for themselves and they don't know the essence. And that, that's another thing about the DJ experience is to know um, what to play at, at spots, like to know what is an underground spot, to know this spots that I go to that I don't even do tricks. 
If people want me to do them, I'll, I'll be minimalized because a lot of places are just, you know, the crowd is different. They want to dance. They really don't want to see all these types of tricks. So it's about knowing, reading your crowd, which is also a trait that the DJ has to know is reading the crowd and knowing when to pull that type of stuff out and when not to pull that type of stuff out, when to just throw parties, when you can do little tricks and stuff and this and that. So you made a good point with that. That's what's up. Yeah, if you're doing a rooftop lounge party, <laughs> a rooftop all-white lounge party on the Upper West Side, <laughs> I might not want to be like, I mean, do you get some? <laughs> am I, am I, I mean, I'm saying, it's, it's, yeah, it's once they read in the room, man, uh, facts. Got to read the room. It's very important and easy. I've learned that early on, you know? In life, right? Just That's just some common shit. <laughs> Pay the fuck attention to what's going on around you. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Get up and see it. <laughs> just sat down. Everybody just sat down. <laughs> okay. What what genre do you like to to, to play the most now? You you play you playing out more. I've been seeing you like because you, you're on the um you're doing a show with uh Sapphire right on uh, yes yes rap FM yes um and you you and you're playing out more. You got a show in Providence coming up right. Yes, yes, that actually is great. Um, big shout to the Cortland Club people. Big shout to my man Jay. Actually, big shout to Kate Lost Professor. Big ups. Um, they were actually at that spot um, uh, a, a couple of weeks prior. And Professor, I told Professor I want to go. He actually welcomed me to come and actually got me on. And I was DJing with like 45s. I just did something with 45. And well, I tell you, man, big shout out to Professor, man. He got that 45 thing locked down. I was shook when I got on. Yeah, you, you know how he gets down, right? So, <laughs> He came here and did a um, did a mm. forty five show and, and crushed it like like yeah it's just man he's just a beast on that and when he when he got me on I just was like oh shit like wow but it felt good for some I don't know Professor DJ days was some it felt really good the way he had his spindle and he had uh the the record just matted it felt once I got used to it I was like oh wow this feels really good like I was like, okay but big shouts to the right. Corner Club I'll be there Saturday November nineteenth. Uh, uh, anybody was come up, but that's a great spot. They they wanted me to come back uh, right away, so that's good. And yeah, like I, I do the show with Sapphire, featured on the Rewind show, and um, we love doing that, man. That's really great. We love doing that stuff um, because we vibe with that. That's what I'm talking about. Like we vibe with that. I don't, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but we we actually vibe with that. Like the good thing about me and her is that it's not like a regular show. We go. All right, um, so you do a half an hour and I do a half an hour and then whatever. No, we actually, we, when I first started hooking, hooking up here, we actually just jammed together. Like, we, we were amped to get on the turntables with each other. We just fucking open the window and just start jamming. And, like, if she has a couple of records that she's rocking and she's playing, I'd be like, oh, let me jump in. I got something there. So we do this, like, literally throughout the whole process of the show. So that's, that's, that's why you hear that vibe. It's not like... Oh, I'm gonna do a half an hour, and I'm gonna do it like no, like if she's playing something, I can get on to play two records. She she'll she'll be like, yo, I feel something right there, and I'll let her jump on. She'll do something, and I'll be like, yo, I can get something from there. So the whole show is taken like that. That's this is why you hear that vibe, that authentic vibe, because we're actually vibing while we do it. Um, we love doing it, you know. And there are no show. I've I've never. That's not how it's typically done. So that's a dope concept, man. To to do it. No, normally never done that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> Usually, we're, we're Chinese secret. <laughs> uh, or whatever, which, I mean, or an hour each or something. But like, so that back that that's that's really organic, though. You know what I mean? Yes, like, that's that's really it's organic. So, as a mm -hmm. as a genre, so you like you write you rock with hip hop the most. Yeah, I mean, I listen to all types of things, man. I'm I'm like, you know, my grandmother got me into like the. I grew up in the Dizzy Gillespie. My grandmother had Billy Eckstein. She had a uh, Lionel Hampton, and just being in that area for my mom coming up there, I, I adapted that James Brown, Dramatics, all those people from the soul era back then. So I listened to everything, man. Like if it's good music, I listen to it. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm like I'm diversified when it comes to music. My musical taste varies. Like I, it's not just stay, it's not just stuck in one thing. It goes. Universe, it goes to shit out of this world sometimes. <laughs> now it was dope to see because on the flyer, um, I picked up one and it was like it's been funk, soul, classic. And yes, I'm like, oh, word, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, just I mean, my 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 only knowledge of you guys was 
you know, I saw Rock Raider live, rest in peace. Um, so my only knowledge of you guys was just the, the, you know, the tricks and stuff. So I didn't, I didn't know about all of this until. Wow. That, that's, that's crazy, Tomorrow, I really respect that. Because that's, that's another thing that's really deep that you said that. That's it. You know, back then, a lot of people did not book me because of that reason. And then I, I told myself, you know what? When I was going to parties and people, I was just playing, and obviously they have a party DJ before that. And I'm like, you know what? I can, I can do this. Like, I can play party music. Why do that? Let me just play my own party and just incorporate my routines into it. But when I started doing that, a lot of the promoters uh, actually were like, yo, like, we didn't know that you did that. Like, you know, I used to do this radio show back in the days. Um, sorry, I'm, not, I don't, I'm hoping I'm getting on a tangent with you. Are you good? Safe speed. Yeah. I used to do this radio show back in the days. <laughs> it ain't shit. You see me, I mean, we just chopping it up. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to do this radio show back in the days, and I used to, it was raw. Um, this is when Ustream was out. I don't know if it's still out, but this is... <laughs> yeah. So this is when De La Soul first came out with their dugout radio station. They were the first ones to start marketing that internet radio, I think. And I was doing, I was on a radio station called Easy Radio. Big shouts to uh, Media Z if she's watching, but... Dude, I was doing this show for six hours by myself. That's how hyped I was. And I was six hours, I had no host, no nothing. I just, it was click on Mr. Sinister, and I would just go on the turntable for six hours. And I got so much music, I was able to play that time. But it started building and building and building. I, one week I had 500, next week I had 1,000. And I built up to like two, 3,000 followers. And I got a call, a hit up on Gmail one day, and it was a guy from Brazil. Um, and he's like, yo, um, Sinister, I just finished seeing your show, and I would like to know how much you charge for coming to Brazil. And I'm like, oh. So I told him. Um, he gave me a deposit. I ended up going to Sao Paulo for that. But he told me, like, yo, you know, I, I never knew that you did that type of stuff. I always associated you with the tricks. Like, I never knew you guys did parties. But because he saw that show, he was like, yo, I Citizen can play parties. So it's kind of interesting that you said that, man. And it's it's, it's good for DJs to, to, to do that. Uh, and if they do more stuff, to to let pe let it be known. Because sometimes people might not know that side of you, what you do. And it's always good to present that side. So then it can open up more doors for the market for you, you know? Because, now, because here's the thing, man. Like, if I'm a promoter, if I'm a person, I'm, and, and I have a certain type of crowd, I can invite you to do it. For the tricks, the underground shit, because because listen, if I if I had you come here and wanted to book you, mm. my mind before before I started researching for this interview, I would have been like, oh, like I'd have to have like you know a whole bunch of other like scratch DJs and cutting DJs here to like do like some type of presentation because that's what yes. that's right. <laughs> but I didn't, you know, I I didn't, I didn't know, and, and so it's it's good to, but mm. now it's like oh. We're, <laughs> so you know, I think it's, I think it's dope, but like yeah, somebody said, yeah, well rounded, man. You know, that's that's when you come out your bag. It's like, oh, he still got it. You know, he's, he's you know, oh, yes. he's still <laughs> yeah. Oh, right <laughs> Yo, let me ask you a question. This is like a yeah. um, thing I've been seeing lately, and I've been thinking. Like I said, DJing was the one element that I didn't um, actually participate in. And I've been seeing these um, like portable turntables around, like past few yes. days. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what's, your, what's your opinion on those? Because like I, I'm, I'm like, would I be would I be a poser if I got one? Because I'm tempted to get one and just. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nothing's, nothing's wrong with them. Um, I think I know my my boy. He DJs with those. Um, he's really good on them too. So it's not the wrong to get them. I think it's cute, actually, being honest with you. I think it's real cute. I see somebody in a little portable. Like, you know, when I went to the park, my man had one of those, and he was like, yo, I'm going to bring my turntable. I'm like, you're going to bring out a turntable to the park? But he brought, came out with one of those portables, and he, you know, I, the one with the fader that's on the on the turntable already, he came out. I was like, I'm like, wow, this is killing this little thing. You know, I think it's cute. Uh, you know, to me, nothing's like a Technique 1200, of course. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't uh, use it. I wouldn't use it for like DJing like regularly or something. It's just I think it's something good for show. It just looks good for like show value. Like, people I, just be like, yo, yeah. My thing would just be to like to just fuck with it around the house and and just fuck with the craft. Like not, yeah. Like, no, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. Damn, I'm a fucking poser. Like just skipping. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, would you tell me, uh, would you call me a poser? Would you like, yo, I'm not fucking with this dude no more? Like, would you, would you say? <laughs> I'm asking for real. <laughs> That's some poser shit. I think I think no, you know it, it is, but you know it, it's 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 a nice pose. It's not bad. It's it's kind of cool. It looks good, Vanessa. So bottom line is, I got to learn on the real shits. Yeah, but you know, you know. <laughs> if I say, fuck it, then. I mean, that's what it is, yo. I mean, I, I take I take it I take it to heart, man, because because mm -hmm. I you know I don't. That's to me. That's because you're skipping steps. Because I can just get straight to some. I mean, like, but, but but don't know the real aspects of uh, DJing. You know what I mean? That's right. I don't know how to fuck, fuck around. And it's like. That's right. right well, that's right. Yeah, tomorrow. You yeah. sound like you be getting mad over there, man. I gotta, you know, I gotta come over there and see what's going. You at Connecticut, right? Uh, I'm I'm from Connecticut, but I'm, I live in Pittsburgh right now. Oh, you live, oh, you live in PA. Yeah, I live in PA. I live in PA. <laughs> yeah, okay, I got you. I got you. Okay. But but I'm back and forth to um, Connecticut because my grandson's there. So. Um, that's a blessing. So, so I'm, I'm back and forth there like every couple of months. So, yeah. yes, 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 yes. So, um, yeah, let's talk about the business side of things, man. I mean, um, we know that over the years, I've talked about it with so many DJs, like <laughs> so many that the, you know the the DJ has been de-emphasized, if that's a word. I know it's not because it's red here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> It's it's you know whatever it's been pushed pushed back right but it, you know promoters are hiring people to just push buttons turn knobs and stuff like that even using yeah. cardboard cutouts and just playing playlists doing all sorts of yeah. shit DJs aren't aren't making as much as they should so yeah um, talk a little bit about that man because it's the foundation of hip hop but it's also you know just DJs are getting jerked you know right yeah these, these, yeah I'm, I'm, that's a real great topic. You know, and, and, and to all these promoters that's that's listening, you know, back then it was it was great, man, because I came from a time where there was events going on every fucking day of the week in New York. Like you, mm -hmm. it was tramps, there was vinyl, there was a whole bunch of things, and DJs were getting paid good money, and people were paying DJs based on the skill level and based on what they can do, and, and they were actually putting, you know, they were involved in promoting the spots, you know. You went to the spot, you got paid to actually DJ. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, $200, $300, you getting paid to DJ. It wasn't no bargain. It was bar guarantees, but your DJ got paid to come and play. Now, what happened today is these cats flipped it, and these these new kids that are coming in, you know, they're taking like $50 to DJ, and most of these club promoters are like, oh, well, I'll just get my cousin to play, and he'll just bring an iPod. So for them, it was, it was a cut corner thing, like, so now these days, and I've experienced this with spots today, as of now, these these club owners, they or bar owners, they don't want to invest into their own spot. Back then, if you if you own a uh, if you own a bar bar lounge, say I'm just gonna leave that, you promote your spot. You're the one that promotes the spot. The DJ, if their following will come, if it's built up, their following knows that they're gonna be there. They'll come. So the, the, the artists will promote themselves. Their following will come with the club. It's their responsibility to promote themselves. Now, you got these bars that, that looking at you like, oh, well, you got to do the promotion. Like, we don't do anything. And if you don't bring people, uh, we can't pay you. Like, it's like, dude, first of all, I'm not no fucking bar owner. I'm not, I'm not a bar owner. This is your job to promote it. I promote it to my fan base. And then my people will come and support and also... They don't allow the buildup. Big shouts to uh, uh, example I'm about to use is uh, Tony Token party. Tony uh, Token Tuesdays did a suture. Ariel is the owner of that spot. She allowed all her DJs to one. She gave them a month to build it up, and after that, it just started building and building and building to the point where you have this spot that only holds like 150 people, but you got people are actually waiting outside to get the fuck in, like. That's amazing because she understands the, con understand the concept. The reason why this is happening and DJs are not getting paid is because these, these bar owners are too fucking cheap to do anything. They're too cheap to give you money. They look at it as, oh, well, I can just get my cousin to play and he can just play an iPod. Yeah, but your cousin ain't going to bring the crowd and ain't going to rock it. He, he, nobody, you, you're not going to get repeat customers. You're not going to get any of that. So now they, they, they're starting to get, they're telling you, well, if you don't bring the crowd, uh, they're not they're not willing to build up, and then it's like, oh well, uh, we we don't want to pay you, 
And now here comes the bullshit. You know, I'm probably blowing a lot of ball owners up right now. They're probably clicking off Instagram, but I don't give a fuck. But anyway, it's kind of like you got the ball owners coming in, and now they want to give you a percentage of the ball. Like, I know my, myself, my, my, in, in my uh, state, in my contract, I state, if I come in, I'm getting paid to DJ, right? So if I give you a price to DJ, I get paid to DJ. That means if, if even if the fucking cleanup man is there and nobody else shows up, I'll play for that motherfucker. As long as I play my time, I get paid my money. I'm not a bartender. I don't get paid. I would take bar guarantees if the club or the bar lounge, I know that the steady crowd is in there, that's, that people are constantly buying drinks. If not, and this is normally what these club owners do, they they – they they have like little residency spots that don't really uh, people don't really drink or they come in there and get a couple of drinks and that's it it's not popping now they tell the DJ oh we'll give you a bar guarantee now you can come in there and nobody if nobody drinks you don't make any money so it's kind of like what is that so this is what happened with this these these bar these uh, bar ten I mean these Scott these bar club owners are not investing into their own business they don't respect the DJ because. You have a whole bunch of fucking DJs that are not into the craft, that don't take this stuff seriously or play good music, uh, that, that don't care about what they do to come in and be like, well, I'll just take 50 bucks just to play in your spot. So they see that. Now the real DJ that comes forth, like, yo, we know, you, you know he can rock it. Oh, yeah, but really, it doesn't really matter. I just get my cousin to play, and he, he's not going to charge anything. I go in the spots now, and I, I was DJing in a spot like maybe like a couple of months ago. Uh, with Sapphire, I, I was in there with her, and it's a whole bunch of people who's coming in. It's like guys who say, "Yo, what's up, since I just DJ here last week," and I'm like, "Wow, like, wow, it's like that, like, it, it's like random kid, like three to four kids came in and told me, like, yeah, I was here last week, and it would be here next week, and it just looks like they were just DJing there, like, so these these new club uh, owners or ballers don't appreciate the DJ. Some do. Right. You understand what I'm saying? There's a lot to do now, like. Uh, this spot, Calling Club, they just seeing that vibe and the people that came there and how they respected Lost Pro and how they have me come, that crowd, and that, those people at that spot really respect the DJ and they understand uh, the importance of a DJ. And that's where every bar or club goes right. The majority of these spots, they don't respect the DJ. That's, they don't respect it. They don't care about the music. And they don't get repeat customers because... You know, their DJs don't play good music. They just play. But you're not going to get that shock effect in your spot. Yeah. This is what it is. You got all these other people coming out, uh, these other kids coming in just playing anything or just playing for that matter. So this is when the real DJ comes. They're like, uh, we're not really respecting it. Hopefully I didn't go on too much about it and just gave me some insight on it. No, it's very helpful, man, because I've seen it. And they do it with the MCs, too. We'll give you the bar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, do. they fuck up with everything. And so it's about value, right? Like yes, what do they value? They don't value it. So it's, and the ones that do, you see, you see how they how they get down, right? But mm -hmm. that's don't value the shit. So that's why you know, on a bigger scale, it's important to like try to find the, the clubs that do. Otherwise, they're gonna be trying to fuck you over, man. You know that's exactly, exactly. And yeah, and another thing is to make make value for yourself. Um, uh, to all the DJs out there, like you know, radio is. I always tell DJs this. Radio is your, any artist, radio is your friend. <laughs> there are a lot of people do not understand this. Radio is your friend. I, I before me uh, even being with, um, with um, Sapphire on her show, like in New York, I've tried this with countless people. Yo, let's do a radio show once a week. It's okay, people will come in, you will get work. Ah, oh, nah, nah, nobody's never serious. Nobody's never serious with this. Like, the radio is your friend, it's a way to get your stuff, way to get your talent. It's like your bio. It's kind of like people hear you, they're like, yo, this is what it is. Club owners hear you. Booking agents hear you. Boom. Yo, we want to book it. We just heard the show. It's your bio. Radio is your friend. Even with MCs. My man, he has an album going. I'm like, dude, start a radio show. It's an outlet. Play your stuff on your radio. You can also promote, play your beats. Yo, I got these beats. You know, but never got it. So when I came here to, uh, to Boston, Sapphire was already doing a radio show. And she asked me, like, yo, Sin, you know, I actually stepped to her. Like, I wanted her to, 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 to I wanted to work with her right off the bat because the way she was mixing or whatever. And when I got, when I started hanging with her, I'm like, she was like, well, you know, I do this. I didn't even know she did the radio show. Like, I just saw her out at a spot in the club, like, and just was amazed at what she was playing. I'm like, because normally I don't stay at spots, like, but 
she happened to be playing at the spot, and I just stayed there. And normally I go home, but I was like, you know what? She was just rocking earlier, so let me see what she's playing now. And she said, earlier she was rocking some hip-hop and just blending the shit out of it. So I stayed, and, like, I have a lot of fucking music, dude. Like, I have a lot. Like, I, my, I, I'm on, like, at least four terabytes of music. I have genres. I, I, this, it's very hard for somebody to get past me with any type of music. But I'm sitting there next to her and just watching her, and, like, I'm hearing shit, and I'm like, damn, that's one I ain't got. I ain't got this one. Damn, I ain't got this. When it got like the fifth, I don't have it. I'm like, yo, this got to be something. I, I have to know what this is about right now. Like, I definitely want to build with her and like see what's going on. So, you know, I got, I ended up coming to a crib and then she told me, well, you know, I have a radio station. This is the first time I found out about that she was doing Rap FM and Beat Miners. And she was like, you know, I do these mixes. She was like, if you want to feature with me on a couple of them, um, you, you can. I was like, hell yeah, I would love to. And, and this is how that started. Um, so I got here and I started featuring on the show. I did a couple of shows with her and I just started, it, it, we just had so much fun doing it. She asked me, I want to do a couple more and that's where, where it ended. But I tell you to all these DJs because uh, a lot of people out there knew I was kind of like on a hiatus. I was, I was actually at one point thinking about retiring because I just was like, I don't really want to do anymore. Actually coming here and, and being with her actually reignited me. Um, um, a lot of people started seeing a big surgence of me doing so much more stuff. And I accredit that to her because coming here, you know, and getting on that show, like a lot of people started hearing the show and like, yo, since is doing all this stuff. And then I started recording like a lot of more scratch videos here. She was like, yo, you know, you should do some scratch videos. And I'm like, nah. Then I'm like, okay, you know, I'll do it. But because of that and because of that surgence of, of because of being here and being around her and just being and, and, and getting back, it's just lifting my spirit to a whole bunch of things. This is why you see this surgeons and me going and going and going and doing shit and going and doing and going and doing. So just to just to tell any DJ, the radio is your friend, man, and it 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 does so much for you and, and it and it broadens your audience to different people. Um and it can it can plug you into some other totally different stuff, you know? Yeah. No, and, and just and it's easy to do now in 2022 and 2023. You can, you can, like, that's social media. We can do it. You can do whatever the fuck you want to so do it, man. Like, you'll use every avenue that's available and that, that's, that's to, to make, to pump your shit, man. Every, whatever, whatever you're doing, if you make, yes, fucking, yes, page, you know, yes, you know, this, this dope fucking, like, disc golf pages out there, like, L shit, like, like, so if you right. you're ill at it, man. Pump your shit, man. Like otherwise, nobody's gonna know. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 not at all. You have to, you have, you have to introduce yourself to the world and let them see what you what you are. You got to show people your dancing feet. Of course, you got to do that. You know. Yeah, real quick, well, like, what's the um? We gotta get out of here soon. Unfortunately, this hour went by fast, man. What's the? Hey, yo, I'm thinking it's still like a half an hour. Wow. <laughs> and unfortunately, I got another show after this. What's, it's fine. The, what's the deal with like executioners now? Because I've read different things on the, on the page. Like, what's your deal with you and your role, and or not, or whatever? Well, I think you know everybody's pretty much branched out. We still the executioners. I know Total Eclipse is in Australia. Big shout out to Total Eclipse. He's doing his thing over there. He's getting constant work over there. Uh, Rob is more branched out to doing his DJ school, as you know. He's he's uh, got the Brolic Army School. He's doing that. He's also with a uh, um, I think. ESPN. ESPN's or, the game, college game. Yeah, yeah, he's doing that. He's focused on that. Me, I'm, I'm actually in the midst of working on my, my album. I'm focused on doing that. I'm finishing up, so I'm I'm, I'm in that realm of my. Uh, Are you producing right or just deep or just? Because I'm confused. I just want to just clarify. Hmm. Yes, you say so I didn't hear you cut out. I said, do you produce as well? Oh yes, yes, I do produce. Yes, I do. Um, actually, the, the, the track that you were playing before with a uh, uh, former MC Jean Grey, I got to call her former MC, uh, do out of respect for her, for the track of September that you played, I produced that. Okay, so somebody asked, and I was like, I think he produced it because his name is... Yes, I like because Spotify sometimes weird because it doesn't have every... Sometimes, depending on whoever makes puts it in, they, they might not put all the credits, like... You know, yeah, so. they just yeah they bug out. <laughs> so, so that's that's the state of the execution is right now. Um, everybody's pretty much branched out. At one point, if we ever want to come back together and do something, that's a possibility. Still all um, love though. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Everything's still love. Everything's still love. It's, it's still love, yo. So, yeah. um, 
But so yeah, um, that's dope. So you did produce that shit. That's dope. Yo. Oh yeah, I, you know it's funny. I heard you before I got in. I heard you go, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who produced that. Then you say, oh yeah, I heard Scratch it. I just got it. So that's that's the point of it now. Yeah. No, nah, so that's dope though, because like again, that's another to me. That's another feather in your cap. You know what I mean? As far as it's like, like yeah, diversify, man. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, Great point. <laughs> What's what's the future hold for you? Um, right now I'm on a journey, and and right now um I'm just shaking that journey. It's still a it's a chapter in my book being written. I have um an album coming. Um, the title of the album is called Reborn. I got a lot of good features. You know, of course, as you guys know, I got a uh, former MC Gene Gray. Also got a track with Ill Bill and uh Vinny Paz. Oh what? Yes, yes. You know, this is a journey still going. I also have Nutso. Big shouts to him. I have nuts on my joint. And Wait. also, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I got Joe Pesci. And real quick, I know that you got to go out. Also, like, you know, back in the days, people did albums with the same producer. I also have featured producers. I'm working with uh, Aton Noise, um, C the Cuban, big shout out to him. I'm working with him as well. You know what I'm saying? And out of Philly, uh, these kids, Dead Poets, I'm actually working with them. On, they gave me some heat. Sorry, not to cut you off. This is all on the no. producer level? Yes, yes, yes. I'm, um, I, I feel like, yeah, my album, I want it to be different feels, authentic feel, and I don't want it to be the same feel. So that's why I don't want to just be, the, I got featured producers, so I don't want to just be the one producing the tracks. I want every track, I want my album for people to hear different feels as it goes on. That's the goal of it. So how people got featured MCs, I also got featured producers to make the album more interesting to listen to, which, and most of these guys give me a lot of heat. So the journey's still going. I'm still in... This journey is still being traveled, and you know, I'm talking to Tash from, from the alcoholics. He's gonna do something. So stay tuned for these things. They're coming, and the heat is just coming. And the journey's going. It's just moving, and it's just going. And I got a lot of good stuff coming up. <laughs> no, that's dope, man. And keep us, you know, add us to the loop. I mean, you know, what I'm saying, let let us know what's 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 good because this is oh, dope. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like I apologize for like. Pigeonholing you and putting your ass in a box. Like I had no idea. <laughs> it's dope. Like this is like a this is a, a a great find for me, you know, personally, like, you know, because there's so much more. I mean, I like on the strength of it alone, I'm like, yo, this is one of the illest cats I ever seen do this fucking Thank crazy Hinsu shit. So I was like, we gotta have him on. Like this was that was the initial you know, when when Sapphire hit me up, that was that was my whole, you know, thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I was digging. I'm like, oh shit. So, but, um, <laughs> thank you. So we got to get on out of here. It's gonna cut me off in a minute and fifty seconds. We go live with our people, save the hip hop culture for the after party. We're gonna get this up on our YouTube channel. Thank you, Mr. Sinister, Legendary, and Executionist X Men. Appreciate you for real, man. Thank you very much, Small. Appreciate you too as well. Yeah. So we'll do this. Big up to everybody joining on the chat, and um, we're gonna get this up. Peace, y'all. Thanks. Peace, man. man.